Welcome back, bass players and musicians of the world at large. I know you're expecting me to finish the melody there if you know the song. Working on some 500 Miles High by Chick Corea today, one of my favorite tunes. Working on that with the looper. Got a cool setup, got a cool looping setup now. I've borrowed a second loop pedal, an extra loop pedal, an RC1, a Boss RC1 that I have in front of my ditto that I normally use and allows me to set up a groove like that in one bar and then just repeat that groove and record a record a long form into the second looper and get a really consistent uh, really consistent beat, really consistent tempo that way without having to put too much effort in. Of course, you could argue that's cheating and I'm just kind of getting around playing good time in the first place. But that transitions directly into the topic of the day, which is how to get more out of practicing with a metronome and how to practice with a metronome better. I gotta pull up uh, pull up my metronome on the desktop side here, but this is something I've been thinking about a lot because the metronome has been seriously lacking from my practice routine for the last several weeks or so. I've not been spending a lot of time with it, and I think it's done me a service. It's done me a service learning to keep my own time better and learning to really, really be reliant on that, but that doesn't mean that it's not useful to come back to the metronome sometimes. And for me, rule one of practicing with a metronome, no matter what you're doing, whether you're doing maintenance, whether you're doing something more improvisation-oriented, something more performance-oriented, is to be precise, is to be precise all the time. And what that means is just because you're capable of getting through something at a certain tempo doesn't mean you should be practicing at, the, at that tempo with a metronome. It might not be useful to you to practice it at that tempo with a metronome. If I can do, let's say the let's say the exercise I was working on earlier today, it's a major scales and thirds thing. With a metronome at this tempo, this is a hundred BPM to a quarter note. I'm already flubbing a couple of things here and there, but the most important part of this is that even though I'm executing it reasonably well, if I put in a couple reps there, if I went through, you know, that key and one other key, I'd have the hang of it and I'd be able to get through all 12 at that tempo with, with relative ease. But what's not happening here is the precision. What's not happening here is the, the, the middle of the beat precision, the center of the beat precision that the metronome calls for. And that's what the, the tool is about. That's what practicing with a metronome is, is for, is developing rhythmic precision. If you're kind of playing around the metronome, if you're playing behind, you're not sitting in the center of the beat when you're practicing with a met and it's not deliberate, you're doing something wrong. You should be able to hear that placement and play very, very precisely. And if I slow down, let's say to 70 BPM, I can really do that. This will be clearer if I turn off my delay and reverb here. So at this tempo, it's actually pretty easy for me to really, really nail every downbeat and every subdivision. Mm -hmm. 
I say as I miss the downbeat entirely. I still have to focus. I still have to focus quite a bit, and I have to put a pretty decent amount of energy in to really get that beat precise, but that's what the metronome's for. If you're rushing into this, if you're trying to play this at 95... Chances are some of your subdivisions are going to be uneven. That's why it's important to record yourself, is because you might not realize that in the moment. Like, I've heard enough of myself recorded, I've heard enough of myself playing with a metronome to recognize those things in my own playing, and hear when, okay, I'm drifting in and out a little bit, I'm drifting in a way that I don't like, or these two notes were a little awkward, and most of the time I can feel it physically. Most of the time, if I drag a beat or two, I can really feel it in my hands, particularly in my right hand. I can generally feel when my fingers aren't making contact with the string in the way that I necessarily intend them to. Where it gets dangerous is if you think you're making contact with the string at the right time, and if it feels right physically to you, and it's not when you listen back recorded, and it's not rhythmically precise enough for your liking, that means you have a bad habit somewhere, and that means you have an issue somewhere. Now, it, of course, it isn't the end of the world. I don't mean to sound intimidating here. It, of course, it's something you can iron out, but you can only iron out these sorts of things by repeatedly playing, recording, listening, playing, recording, listening, slowing down when necessary, speeding up when possible, using repetition, creating those feedback loops, to improve your your precision. And what that's going to do, ultimately, is improve your sound on the instrument. If you have a really, really good sense of rhythmic precision and you're able to place every note exactly where you intend it in time, then that means you have a very, very precise articulation already. That means that your left and right hand are working together very well. And you're getting to a point where your hands and your fingers are coordinated enough that you're able to get a really consistent articulation. And that's the first step to a great sound. Getting your hands together is the first step to a great sound. So you improve your time, you improve your sound, a little bit of hard work, it's a win-win. That's rule number one of practicing with a metronome. Rule number two, to me, is vary the rhythm and vary the subdivision and use different metronome placements and feel the metronome differently. Earlier today, I stumbled upon a really, really creative bit of metronome practice, something that I don't think I've ever done before, where I just had the metronome playing relatively slow. I was warming up on something repetitive, something rote, and I got distracted. And in my distraction, I, I started hearing a blues in F in my head, and I started playing a blues in F at kind of a medium-up tempo along with this metronome. Without realizing it, I was feeling the metronome in dotted half notes at about this tempo. So, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four...
obviously I'm not playing all of this perfectly, especially the more isorhythmic stuff, but the whole point is that I found this to be really, really good practice for that thing where you're playing a swing tune at this tempo. And you start playing a bunch of dotted quarter notes like that, and then the drummer follows you. The drummer goes from playing ding ding a ding ding a ding ding a ding to playing ding ding a ding ding a ding ding a ding ding a ding. They totally flip their beat to that dotted quarter note, and you've got to count yourself. Not only that, you have to have that rhythm completely internalized in order to keep your place in the form, otherwise you're going to land a beat off or something. And having that dotted half metronome and being able to really synchronize those dotted quarter notes, those dotted rhythms with that metronome, I found myself really training up that part of my rhythmic sensibility and my, my ability to stay on a steady beat and stay in the flow there. And I'm sure you could hear me dragging. You could hear me dragging through that. I definitely was playing this on the podcast now even more than I was earlier today. But all that means is that I've got more work to do, and if I spend a few more minutes with that, if I, not a few more minutes, if I spend a few more weeks with that, rather, I'm sure I'm going to have that down to a fine science. And that's all it takes, that's all it's going to take is a few weeks of practice on that concept at different tempos, probably using tunes and forms that are familiar to me, but I feel like that could be really useful to practice in odd forms, practice that sort of isorhythmic metronome pulse, say that five times fast in some varied forms, like maybe a tune like Alone Together with the 14-bar form, you would end up with, instead of a 12-bar cycle where the dotted half note lands in the same spot every chorus on that 14-bar cycle, I think you would end up with, I'm trying to do mental math here, I think you would end up with the, the metronome on a different beat at the top of every A section as you played through Alone Together. I'm going to have to try that. I'm going to have to try that. I may even draw that out on a rhythmic grid that really uh, that kind of feels like one of those long long eastern style polyrhythmic sort of unfolding polyrhythm things that are very characteristic of Indian classical music and that sort of thing I, I digress but there's a lot of cool ideas here there's a lot of cool ideas and a lot of ways to just train your time just train your time better train yourself to really nail this stuff. And I'm wondering now if I can do this really slow. If I can feel dotted half notes at 50. I'm going to try it. One, two, a one, two, three, four. Start simple. Switch it up a little bit.
little issue there. play a lot of offbeats. That's how you get fired from a jazz gig. Ah, uh, right at the end, right at the end. Lost the pulse right at the end on those last three notes. I was on the home stretch of that chorus. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's almost harder to play at that tempo than it is up. I feel like I'm more used to hearing and playing over those dotted quarter note and dotted half note modulations at a at a faster tempo, at a tempo more in the neighborhood of 200, 220 like I was playing at the beginning versus 150 to a quarter note, that kind of center medium tempo swing thing. You definitely don't have to do this with a swing groove. I like doing this with swing grooves because they're very, very quarter note based walking bass lines you can always playing a walking bass line is the best way to judge if you can play good time or not like if you can play really really good quarter notes at any tempo then you've got a great foundation to develop your rhythmic sensibilities if you can't play good quarter notes at any tempo then you've got problems with your internal time or you've got technical issues, which is more the more the experience that I'm having these days is I have technical issues that are causing me to stumble over things. I took that I took that week off of playing a few weeks ago and I still been doing a lot of maintenance and still haven't fully recovered, especially in the right hand. But I really love walking bass lines for that. And I really encourage everyone to practice some walking and practice just making the same steady pulse over and over feel good. If you can play If you can play that and you can make it feel very good, then you're 75% of the way to being a, a really killer groove player and a really great groove player on the bass. Now all you've got to do is learn some subdivisions, learn some articulations and a few shapes, and you're going to be good to go. Better yet, if you can play just quarter notes, if you can play nothing but the same pulse, like don't do any of the fancy stuff I was doing, no fancy intervals, no ghost notes, no offbeats, anything... If you can make that feel great, then you're there. You've got it.
I'm going to have a listen back to that after I get done recording this episode of the podcast and kind of see where I'm at time-wise with that sort of thing. Have a listen back to that and see if I can actually make it swing with only quarter notes or not, but I have a feeling that's going to become uh, that's going to become part of my practice routine this week for sure. So that's rule number two of the metronome to, to wrap up all of the tangents I've gone off on that one. Rule number two, vary the rhythms, vary the placements. Rule number three of the metronome is develop your own time by widening the pulse. This is something that I talk about a lot is using a less frequent placement. Since we're in the since we're in the 4-4 swing context, I'm going to stay there. But for example, we're always taught in school early on in our bass playing careers, and especially if you're playing in your, your our school jazz band or something, we're taught to put the metronome on two and four. I had a I had a band director, I think it was my middle school band director, if I recall correctly, who would have the have the whole jazz band playing along, including the drummer, to the metronome just blasting over the over the PA in the band room playing on beat two and beat four. And it sounds like this. One, two, I want two, three. Which is great. It's fine, especially if you especially if you haven't really learned to play a swing groove yet. And if you're just learning to play good eighth notes and learning to keep time. But I think this loses its usefulness at a certain point. And it causes a lot of students to, to rely on the metronome as a crutch. I've heard it over and over of people who practice almost exclusively with the metronome on this placement. Of course, they'll play various tempos too. Not just, you know, not just this medium up stuff. But people start to drag. As soon as you throw something at them where they kind of have to keep their own time when the groove gets a little floatier, the drummer starts playing the hi-hat off two and four, or you give them a break, you give them a long, you give them an extended break of some kind where they have to play by themselves, they start dragging. So the solution to this is to develop your own time by using a less frequent metronome placement, less frequent than half notes. Of course, dotted halves is kind of its own thing, every three beats instead of every two beats, and we did that earlier, but... I like beat one of every bar to start with. I throw a lot of my own students for a loop by just trying to get them to play something really, really simple like the C minor blues just with the met on one of every bar. One, two, ah, that's beat four. Nope, one, two, three, four. Okay. One, two, one, two, three, four. That's the idea. That's a lot harder than you might think. And if that's not a challenge for you, try feeling this on uh, beat two, for example. Not very well warmed up, am I? I am tripping over my freaking fingers left and right here. 
I'm going to continue the demo here, and I'm going to attempt to put this on beat one of every two bars. If that's not challenging enough for you, I'm going to slow this metronome. Nope, I can't actually do that with this metronome. Okay, I'm going to try something else. I'm going to keep the same tempo, and I'm going to make an attempt at feeling this on only the and of four. I'm not sure I can solo like that. I've been practicing that particular exercise for a while at tempos slower than this one, just playing quarter notes. I don't think it would be particularly useful for me to try to start playing eighth note bass lines and stuff with a lot of space, because as you can hear, I'm still struggling to really nail that with the metronome on the end of four as it is. You can hear me rushing and kind of having to make corrections at the end of the bar. It's not great at that tempo, but you get the point. There's layers to this. I've been working with these wider metronome spacings for years. I have been playing with the metronome on two, with the metronome on the one of every two bars, with the metronome on four only, for a very, very long time. It's still very, very hard for me to wrap my head around the, uh, the offbeat metronomes with these broad spacings. So try all of this. Try all of this. Try it as slowly as you need to, maybe as fast as you need to if you're more comfortable at quicker tempos. Widen your metronome spacing, record yourself, listen back, see how good your time actually is, get an objective evaluation. That's all I've got for you in today's podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please head on over to betterbase.substack.com, sign up for the mailing list, get every episode delivered straight to your inbox for free, at new episodes weekly, trying to keep them around this around this 25-minute mark or longer, getting a little more content out there for you guys, changing changing up the format a little bit. It's been a great time on this journey. I'm super grateful for everyone listening. I've been having a fantastic time, and I'm glad that I get to share my thoughts and put this all out there and that you're somehow willing to listen to me ramble about practice and ramble about bass for 30 minutes at a time. So till next time, let's all be better bass players together. Use your metronome.